Good morning, Family Life Church, and happy Mother's Day to all you moms this morning. I would love to be able to greet you in person, give you a big hug, but we can't do that at this point. So I'd just like to read you my Mother's Day greeting this morning. And as I do so, I'd really like to include those ladies in our midst who who don't have families or children of their own, but they certainly have the mother heart of our Father. And they are ladies who impart the love and the goodness of God on a regular basis into every child that comes into their lives. So please know, ladies, I know you know who you are. We appreciate you, we love you, and we include you in this greeting this morning. Let me read this to you. It says, the heart of a mother beautifully expresses the heart of God and the tender ministry of the Holy Spirit, helping, caring, comforting, and coming alongside all of her children with endless expressions of kindness, compassion, and love. May you, may, may you receive so many beautiful appreciations and love today in a special way as you reflect God's heart to your family. God bless you on Mother's Day. Uh, I'm really honored to be able to join with you this morning. I've been a mom for 50 years, almost 50 years, May 18th. I've been married um, 51 years, been very blessed to be married to a wonderful guy, my husband, Tom. And we have two great sons, Tim and Steve, I have two wonderful daughters-in-law and have five amazing grandchildren. It's going to be kind of hard to pack those 50 years into 30 minutes, but I want to share uh, some of the things God's done in my life over these years that I've been a mother. Let me start here. One summer day, our oldest son, Tim, who was maybe around three at the time, Uh, rode along with his dad to go into town to pick up some feed, some cow feed for our our cows on our farm. And I reveled in that free time. I, I knew I had enough time to do some things I wanted to get done, and it just felt so good to just be free of being on duty for a little while. And uh, in a little bit, they came home sooner than I had hoped. But I had this thought as they pulled in the driveway, I probably should go get Tim and bring him in the house, clean him up, get him ready for lunch. But then I quickly had another thought, well, I could get a little more done if I just left him with his dad for a little while. So finished up some things I was doing, got lunch ready, and went to the back door to get ready to call them. And Tom was coming towards the house from the barn, and I realized Tim wasn't with him. And when I asked him where Tim was, he said, oh, I thought he had come down to the house. I thought he was with you. And that began a search for this little guy. It seemed like it was forever. We looked everywhere. We looked in the ravine across the road. We looked all through the house. We looked around the yard. Tom looked through the barn. He went way up back um, and still no Tim. I called my neighbor to see if maybe he had 
run down the path to her house, hoping, maybe, but she hadn't seen him either. But she joined us, and we prayed together for God to help us and to protect him. And began our search again, and still no Tim. And by then, you can imagine the thoughts that were racing through my head. Where is he? What do we do? Should we call the sheriff? How could we have lost him? Praying, praying, crying out to God to help us. And Tom came and joined us. He'd not had any results. And he said, well, I'm going to go back to the barn. I'm going to try it one more time. He went back to the barn, no luck. But on his way back to the house, he happened to glance into the back of the pickup truck. And there was our little guy, sound asleep on a bag of feed. And I was so thankful to God for what he had done to, to help us find him. But then I began to have these thoughts. <clears throat> How could I have lost my son again? This was a kid who um, always ran away from me in the grocery store. You know how, how they like to run into the aisle ahead of you or behind the meat counter. He was curious. He was active. He was a climber. He was always on the go. And I thought, how, God, why can't I keep a handle on this little tyke? And maybe I'm not a very good mother. I was recently reading about um, a young mom who had slipped into depression and finally had reached out to a counselor for some help. And um, the counselor in time said, yeah, I want you to write a list of what you think a good mother is. And so this young mom uh, compiled a list of 20 points and she labeled it the perfect mother. And I'm only going to share you five of these, but this is how they went. Uh, a perfect mother always puts her child's needs before her own. She should always feel the most important thing in the world is her child. She should always be willing to give up anything for her child. Shouldn't feel unhappy at night when she's up with her child. She should feel the only thing she needs in life to feel happy is her child. Okay. And so uh, her mother worked with her, or her counselor worked with her. Actually, her mother uh, said, there's no mother who would ever be able to, to be a mother like this. It's, it's not possible. And so the counselor helped her revise her list, and they came up with something a little more realistic that went like this. A good enough mom does her best to provide food, shelter, and love, be there for her children when they need her, teach her children their value as God's creation, teach her children how to trust in God, be a good example to her children, make time to have fun with her kids, allow room for her children to make mistakes and learn from them, allow room for herself to make mistakes and learn from them. Yeah, I know, uh, as a mom, the weight of responsibility that we feel for all that happens in the lives of our children. Over time, uh, 
Psalm 139 became an eye-opening scripture for me. You have to understand that I was not well-versed in the word when I became a mother. I, I kind of grew in my spiritual life as my children grew up. But this particular psalm really spoke to my heart, and I'd like to share it with you this morning. It goes like this. You go before me and follow me. You place your hand of blessing on my head. Such knowledge is too wonderful for me, too great for me to understand. You made all the delicate inner parts of my body and knit me together in my mother's womb. Thank you for making me so wonderfully complex. Your workmanship is marvelous, how well I know it. You watched me as I was being formed in utter seclusion, as I was woven together in the dark in the womb. You saw me before I was born. Every day of my life was recorded in your book. Every moment was laid out before a single day had passed. How precious are your thoughts about me, O God. This psalm speaks to my heart that God was very intentional, very thoughtful, very purposeful, very careful, and with great consideration, he planned each day of our lives. He even wrote the details in a book. Nothing was just random or casual. All of this was done even before the earth was formed. I really like the part where David says, the Lord goes before us and behind us. It tells me that God is he's always present with us. And he places his hand of blessing on us as mothers. I just find uh, a tremendous comfort in that. We always have his individual, undivided attention. He knows every moment of every single day. He knows what our kids need. He understands that raising kids is not a straightforward, organized, controlled undertaking. He knows, moms, that you get tired and you get drained emotionally. He knows about the situations that arise that steal your confidence and, and sometimes produce high levels of fear and anxiety. He really knows all about COVID-19 he knows how it's impacted all of our lives. And he assures us that he's with us. And even in the midst of the really difficult times, the times when we're really floundering and unsure, he has a plan to bring good out of all of it, even COVID-19. I found the Bible uh, is full of promises that we can run to for strength and help when we're just feeling life is just too much. They are very life-giving, and they help restore our weary souls. I'd just like to share a few with you that I have found. You probably recognize a lot of them. They're very common verses. Um, Psalm 46 says, He is a very present help in trouble. Yeah, I found that out that day we lost Tim. In 1 Peter, he says, cast your care on him because he cares for you. In 2 Corinthians, he says, God is able to make all grace abound toward you that you 
always having all sufficiency in all things, may have an abundance for every good work. What a promise there. Paul said in 2 Corinthians, when I am weak, I am strong. And James tells us, if we lack wisdom, we can ask for it and we'll receive it. God won't give us a hard time about it. And Paul said, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. For the most part, life was pretty good as my boys went through their early school years. <clears throat> there were the typical ups and downs of life. Times we had the discipline to encourage and help, talk with teachers, uh, to remind them to hang up their clothes again, <clears throat> wiped up a lot of spilled milk, taught them age-appropriate chores, etc., etc. You all know what I'm talking about. When the boys were around 10 and 11, we lost a grandma to cancer in her early 60s. And later on, as my boys moved into adolescence, one also moved into a place of real depression. <clears throat> we learned in time that part of this uh, was triggered by the loss of his grandma when he was younger. This was a very challenging time. We felt helpless to know how to help him. <clears throat> we really wondered if things would get better. And when I look back to that time, I am so grateful for the pastors in our lives who gave us some really needed support and prayer. And they directed us to a Christian counseling ministry that helped us work through all of this. Not just my son, but also us as a family. It was so helpful and so needed. <clears throat> so I'm grateful when I look back because I see God's grace and his help in, in so many ways, uh, but particularly in this time that was so challenging for us. Those days were very full for all of us. Tom had long days on the farm. I was working full time. Uh, the kids were in school, and you know all the extracurricular activities they, they like to get involved with. And I will tell you this, that when our pastors encourage us to plan a, a weekly date night, they know it's because our marriages need this, this much-needed time for deeper connection and, and just adequate time to share. And I think this is especially true in these COVID-19 days. In this season, with, with so much upheaval and stress and uncertainty, we need to be intentional to not draw back from each other and work to keep our marriage bond strong. And hugs are important. I recently heard that um, a six-second hug releases all those wonderful endorphins into our brains that help us feel more positive and more hopeful. <clears throat> and moms, I agree, and, and I support you 100% when you say you need time to yourselves. You know, I remember one year when I had... Uh, a baby and a toddler, that, that Tom would come in in the afternoons and I would be able to grocery shop all by myself. And I so looked forward to that time. I mean, I could actually think through an entire thought without any interruption. I could um, come home and feel refreshed and, and ready then to jump in again into what I had to do. I also want to put a plug in um, to you moms 
about our, our Family Life Church ministry here that's called Mops and Moms Next. This is a wonderful group for any, any mom who's currently pregnant, may not have that baby yet, or maybe you have kids up to 18 years of old, you still have children in school, high school. This is a wonderful group where so much mom life is talked about and shared and it's so encouraging. And in these uh, COVID-19 months, it's been so fun and so encouraging to see all the on life things that our steering committee has done to encourage moms. So much inspiration, so many fun things. It's, it's a wonderful group for a mom to get involved with. And right now, the membership fees have been waived during COVID-19. So if you're a mom who hasn't gotten involved in this group, I would encourage you to take advantage of it. You'll love it. You'll love sharing and hearing what other moms talk about um, online right now. My boys were typical teens. They were fun. They were funny. Um, we loved to go camping together as a family. Um, most of the time they were a big help to us on the farm and sometimes in the house. But they were very different personality. They were unique in their likes and dislikes. And sometimes these differences led to some of the typical sibling squabbling. Sometimes they were out and out fights. Um, one day, <clears throat> the boys were bickering that led to a verbal fight that led to one of them picking up this big fat glass ketchup bottle on the table and he threw it at his brother. And very fortunately, he missed the mark, but the ketchup bottle went through my glass oven door. I'll tell you, Mom, sometimes it's best to let Dad intervene <clears throat> and deal with these things. And I was so grateful I was at work when all this happened, to tell the truth. By the time I got home, the mess was cleaned up. A plan for restitution was in place. And extra chores were assigned in the barn. And Tom handled that very necessary conversation about consequences and thinking before you act. Tom and I had done our best <clears throat> to lay a good foundation in the things of God, in the lives of our boys. They listened to a daily devotional we did in the mornings before they went to school. They went to church with us. Um, but in these later teen years, they really weren't seeking God for themselves. And again, I had some of those thoughts. You know, I missed it somewhere as a mother. Um, it just wasn't good enough in bringing them into that tight relationship with the Lord. Had I lost them again as teens? I longed for them to know the blessing, the goodness of knowing God in a deeper way. Over the years, uh, as I have learned more fully about the value of prayer and the value of worship, I also began reading in the book of Isaiah. I love how the Holy Spirit will lead us into the Word and, and give us particular help in certain times in our lives. <clears throat> As I read through Isaiah, I read about the promises that God had for his rebellious children. Even, um, even when they were out and out rebellious, he still spoke of promises and what he wanted to do in this nation in the days ahead. I'm sure glad I only had the two to deal with that I had. He had the whole Israelite nation. 
Every place God spoke plans for his children, I began to underline as I, as I read them. <clears throat> and here are a few of the ones that I hung on to. Isaiah said, Do not be afraid, for I am with you. I will gather you and your children from east and west. I will say to the north and south, Bring my sons and daughters back to Israel from the distant corners of the earth. Bring all who claim me as their God, for I have made them for my glory. It was I who created them. And I will pour out my spirit on your descendants and my blessing on your children. Those who put their trust in me will never be put to shame. They will not be disappointed. For I will fight those who fight you, and I will save your children. I found a lot of comfort in those scriptures, and I began to claim them and pray into them. But I also found another scripture that spoke a real truth to me that was both a comfort, but it was also a challenge. <clears throat> Isaiah wrote in chapter 30, verse 15, this is what the sovereign Lord, the Holy One of Israel says, only in returning to me and resting in me will you be saved. In quietness, and confidence will be your strength. Now, usually when problems arise, um, like any good mother, my first thought is, what do I need to do? But in this scripture, God says the best position that we can take is one of resting, quietly waiting, not trying to figure it all out, not, uh, but instead bringing all those worries, all those concerns to him first. So I've had to wait for some of the things that have been so important to me as a mom for my boys. You may be a mom who's waiting also. Maybe there are dreams and destinies yet unfulfilled. Maybe there's problems to resolve, disappointments to be compensated. Maybe you've had the sleepless nights full of questions and worry. Lamentations tells us that God is good to those who wait for him. I saw this statement recently on Facebook, and I thought, I, I think I need to share this with you this morning. It said, sometimes it's not about the prayer. Sometimes it's about what you learn while you're waiting on the answer. And I looked back, and, and I saw how God was so often working in my own life in so many ways. I wish I could just expand on this a little more for you this morning and tell you some of the things that he did, but I must tell you this, that I learned, first of all, that he is sufficient for all of my needs and that my identity is in him. It's not in my work. It's not in any achievement. It's not in my failures. It's not in what others think about me. It's not in what I think about me. My identity is simply in the fact, in the truth, that I am deeply loved by him and he accepts me just as I am. I don't have to prove anything to him. I'm so deeply loved and so are you. Tom and I had a prophetic word a number of years ago that kind of helped me understand a little better what goes on <clears throat> when we're waiting on God. And the person sharing with us described a theatrical stage, the, the kind that descends down 
below the floor of the stage, <clears throat> out of sight of the audience, and underneath is this whole other world with wiring and plumbing and all the technology and, and all the people that are needed to put on some kind of a show or production. And this is where the actors go for their costume changes, for their makeup, and the stage props are switched out. And everything that is needed to be done for the show to go on is actually happening down out of sight of the audience. <clears throat> this is a picture how God is always working, but usually out of our sight. He hears our prayers, and then he goes about quietly doing the things that need to be done until in his timing, he reveals, reveals the outcome to us. My boys married rather young, <clears throat> and unfortunately, over time, one of those marriages failed. Uh, we were heartbroken. Uh, we struggled with our son. We wanted to help, but there wasn't a lot we could do. He had to walk through so much of this himself. But in the midst of this uh, challenging trial, he actually recommitted and surrendered his life to the Lord. He began to regularly attend church and to grow in his faith. And I'll just share something with you that he told me many years after this. He said, I'm so glad you didn't make me go to church with you. I'm so glad you just left it at that invitation. Because I think he was thinking about those teenage years when we, we did make our boys come to church with us. They came, they weren't always happy about it every time but they came. But we knew that as an adult, this, this had to be Tim's decision to move in this direction. He became so hungry for God. And in time, the pain of his loss diminished and hope was revived and he was able to look again to the future. In time, he met a, a wonderful Christian woman who loves God and is strong in her commitment to him. And they have been married now for 10 years and are faithfully serving God in their church. And Tim loves to talk to people about Jesus anywhere he goes. Recently, he posted this on, on Facebook. Don't you love Facebook? I get so much um, preaching sometimes through Facebook. I find encouraging. When you enter his presence with praise, he enters your circumstance with power. And Tim understands the power of praise because in the midst of his difficult losses, he chose to praise God. Even in the hurt, even not knowing what the outcome would be, he praised him. My younger son and his family have stayed connected to a good church and, and Steve has grown through the years. Recently, we were texting, and he was telling me how he's just seeing so many answers to prayer these days. Yeah, what a joy to a mom's heart, right? He was also telling me how, this is what he tells his kids. Um, I, I tell them to pray for their needs and wants, but always ask for God's will to be done. And then he made this comment. What God does always exceeds our best expectations. I wonder where he heard that. <clears throat> God has answered our prayers, prayed for a long time for these two. 
And I'm so grateful uh, for all that our church has sown into their lives over the years, for all the brothers and sisters in our midst who have prayed with us for our kids, for godly people who have been example, an example to them. And if you're one of those people, I want to tell you that sometimes my kids talk about you and tell us how you impacted their lives by your example. When I didn't know for sure where my kids were, God knew. I'm so grateful for all the times he's been my strength in my weak places, the redemption of my failures, and the answer to the prayers of my mom heart. So just to summarize, God already knows what we will face, and he promises to give each mom exactly what she needs to be a good mom. He's also given us the children that he knew were the right kids for us. He goes before us and follows behind us and blesses us. He works in us while we wait. He's always working behind the scenes. God knows where our children are, and his heart is to bring them to himself. I'd like to pray with you this morning before we close. Father, I thank you for our mothers. I thank you for the women with a mother's heart who are part of our kids' lives and who care about them and love them and impart goodness to them. I thank you, Father, um, for our children, the ones you ordained before time to be our kids. I thank you that you are our strength and a present help at all times. Thank you, Father, for loving us so deeply and for redeeming our mistakes. Help us to grow in our relationship with you and to partner with you in the plans you have for each of our children. Lord, draw your children to you. May they know you, love you, and serve you. And Lord, thank you for loving us. Bless us all this day. In your precious name, Jesus, we pray.